And once again, you have found the PBL Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Evander Vliet, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. Woody, how you doing, buddy? Woody's doing great, folks. He is a wonderful dog, and he is always paying attention. Hey, we've got a lot for today's show. Uh, we're going to talk about HR House Resolution 127. Have you heard about this? <laughs> if you haven't, it's an offshoot of a previous House Resolution from last year, and I told you they would bring it back. It is a workaround to the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America. It is a gun grab confiscation. It's going to do whatever it can to prevent you from owning a firearm. It's going to put so many restrictions. We're going to talk about that. Jan Psaki, is she not the worst White House press secretary you have ever seen? I'll show uh, some or bring some audio of Jan Psaki. The Lincoln Project, if you've not heard about the Lincoln Project, you're going to hear a little bit more about them today. And they're just, they're icky. They're just icky. Jimmy Kimmel is an idiot. Joe Biden is leading by executive orders. He's also going to kill Mitty's peace deals. And we'll end this with your white guilt explained. Welcome to the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. All right, so let's get right into House Resolution 127. This thing I'm just going to read parts of it. I'm going to go through it. And this is like, I mean, it's not surprising. The Democrats are drunk on power. They have the presidency. They have both houses of Congress. They are going to put forth every effort they can to control you, the American population, like you have never seen before. I mentioned this before. During the first two years of Barack Obama's uh, administration, they had the House, they had both Houses of Congress, and they had the presidency, but they didn't act aggressively enough. They, they didn't think they had to at that point because they thought it was going to last. So they were going to ease into the power grab because Democrats, uh, leftists, far leftist radicals, I've had one guy I debated a kid a while ago saying it's not, you know, one of those, it's not communism has not been implemented by the right person yet. He was one of those types. And he said it's been done too quickly, you see. They've enacted these policies too quickly. So people reacted against him because it came on too fast. He said not that the policies are bad. It's just that people don't like it coming on so fast. So he said what has to happen it has to be done slowly. So the Barack administration was trying to do that in that first two years, but they didn't think they would lose the, the House, the, the Senate in year two, and they did. So they lost power. Well, they're not going to make that mistake again. Mark my words, because they are exhibiting behaviors that are showing you, me, the American public, that they're going for all power. They are drunk on power. House Resolution 127 is also known as the Sabika, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Sheik Firearm Licensing and Registration Act. Now, the name Shabika Sheik was a uh, Pakistani exchange student who was tragically killed in one of the school shootings a while ago. And that's, you know, so they've got to name it something like that. So it gets people to be all mushy, mushy. I mean, this has got to be good because this poor girl died tragically. I feel for her and her family, her family, especially they had to survive this. This is, it's horrible. There were several other students that were also killed and teachers. And this was a Santa, Santa Fe school shooting. I think it was. But that's not the topic of this conversation. This conversation is they're using that to get you to have some guilt to understand this must be good because this poor child was killed tragically by a lunatic with a firearm. Okay, that's, that's, let's put that out there. So they're going to use the heartstrings, which the Democrats use all the time all the time. Now, remember, I mentioned another House resolution, House Resolution 1, the voting uh, resolution, the one that, where the federal government's taking a power grab of state rights and voting. That was called For the People Act of 2021. Never trust the names of these bills Democrats give. If it sounds good and wishy and all that make your heart feel good, it's bad, bad, bad for the American public. So House Resolution 121 was sponsored by Rep Representative Jackson Lee, that lunatic out of Texas. Uh, it was put forth on 1-4-2021. That, by the way, 
is the same day they put House Resolution 1 up, the for the People Act of 2021. So funny how all of these, you know, I've gone through all the other. This is House Resolution 127. So between House Resolution 1, there is there's a 126 between this and that. Who knows what else is out there? It's funny how these things bubble up kind of last minute or late in the game. Here we are in February, and we're now just starting to hear about this. So let's go through this. Pretty much, here it is. To, this is House Resolution 121, 127. Here's what it says. To provide for the licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and to prohibit the possession of certain ammunition. Doesn't that sound great? They want to license and register your firearms and limit and prohibit ammunition that you have for your firearms period end of story it is a gun grab they're gonna make it so difficult for you to have guns you're gonna have to pay a tax to have a gun oh i'm jumping ahead i'm jumping ahead you gotta hear you gotta hear what this has so this is to provide for the licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and to prohibit the possession of certain ammunition i'm not probably gonna be able to get to everything in this but let's 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 delve into it all right now section two section one is the title uh section two is licensing of firearm and ammunition possession registration of firearms so in general chapter 44 of title 18 united states code yada yada yada, all that legal ease so in general the attorney general through the bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives shall establish a system for licensing the possession of firearms or ammunition in the united states and for the registration with the bureau of each firearm present in the united states so now as i get into this you're going to find out you're going to have to go through the attorney general for everything that you want uh so in uh, Section 2, Title 1, requiring information under the firearms registration system, the owner of a firearm shall transmit to the Bureau, this is what you have to give, the make, model, and serial number of the firearm, the identity of the owner of the firearm, the date the firearm was acquired by owner, and where the firearm is or will be stored, and, because wait, there's more, a notice specifying the identity of any person to whom and any person of time during which the firearm will be loaned to the person. So right off the bat, they want information on your firearm you basically will have to register your firearm and you will also have to tell them where and how it's going to be stored and whom have you loaned it to whom will you be loaning it to now get this and by the way this isn't new firearms oh no my dear friends no 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 this is if you currently own a firearm you have to give them the make model and serial number of the firearm the identity of the owner of the firearm and the date the firearm was acquired by the owner now i have a firearm that i've owned since i bought my first house now i will tell you i don't recall when i bought that firearm you know that's not un un common right i mean it was a long time ago and now i'm supposed to give them the date i don't know the date does that mean i have to submit the firearm to them do i have to give it to them doesn't really clarify that a uh, deadline for supplying information the transmission required by paragraph one shall be made in the case of a firearm acquired before the effective date of this section uh, and within three months after the effective date of uh, this section so you have to give them <laughs> this information of firearms you already own in the case of a firearm acquired on or after the effective date on the date the owner acquires firearm so <clears throat> yep you got to give them all that information so database in general the attorney general shall establish and maintain a database of all firearms registered pursuant pursuant to this subsection so there you go registration it's firearm registration right there they're going to know who has the guns, who doesn't have the guns. If you owned, if you'd purchased a gun, you're going to have to tell them when you purchased the gun. So, you know, how many people are going to lose their firearms once they find out about this? I don't know. What happened to all those firearms? I don't know. I don't know. It looks like they're gone. I think they maybe about a decade ago, those firearms were taken. I know I didn't file a police report. You're going to have to explain all that, by the way. Uh, the attorney general, this is section B, access. The attorney general shall make the contents of the database available to all 
members of the public, all federal, state, and local law enforcement authorities, all branches of the United States and armed forces, and all state and local governments as defined by the Bureau. But the part you need to pay attention to is all members of the public. Everyone will have access to a database of what, database of what you have. Isn't that just peachy? That's just peachy. All right, so here we move on. General license. Uh, except as otherwise provided in this subsection, Turner General shall issue to an individual a license to possess a firearm and ammunition if the individual, here's their criteria, uh, is 21 years of age. After applying for the license, undergoes a criminal background check conducted by the National Instant Criminal Background Check System established under Section 103 of the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act, and the check does not indicate that possession of a firearm by the individual would violate subsection G or N, blah, blah, blah. So you got to go through the background check, which you do anyway now, and there is no um, uh, uh, gun show loophole. The only time you don't have to go through a background check is when you sell a gun to a private citizen. You're a private citizen, your neighbor John, you sell your gun to John, no one has to go through a background check. That changes now. Everyone will have to go through that background check. That's what they've been calling the gun show loophole, but there is no gun show loophole. If you go buy a firearm right now at a gun show, you have to go through a background check, period. End of story. Anytime you, you purchase a firearm from a firearm dealer, they, the firearm dealer, has to submit a background check on you. That's just the law right now. But now, everyone will. All right. All right. Remember, we're talking about after applying for the license, what you have to do. You have to get it. You ready for this one? You're, if you're driving, I want you to be pay, pay attention close to pay attention to driving. Don't don't just just hang on. If you're if you have a place where you can just sit down, sit down. Undergoes in order for you to get a license for your firearm, you will have to undergo a psychological evaluation conducted in coordinates with paragraph two, and the evaluation does not indicate that the individual is psychologically unsuited to possess a firearm and, and, and successfully completes a training course certified by the Attorney General in the use, safety, and storage of firearms uh, that includes at least 24 hours of training. Uh, demonstrates that on issuance of the license, the individual, the individual will have an effective have in effect an insurance policy under issued under subsection D. You're going to have to, in order to buy a gun and have actually in order to have a gun in America, if this passes in order to have a gun in the United States of America, you will have to go undergo a psychological evaluation. Can you believe that? They're going to put you, anyone, anyone who has a firearm, anyone, this is firearms, uh, if I'm reading this right, and I could be wrong, it's firearms you already own. You're going to have to go through a psychological evaluation, evaluation and you got to go through 24 hours of training. Now, the part that, remember, it's a nuance when it comes to the Democrats. It's always the little things that you got to be careful of. It's uh, successfully completes a training course certified by the attorney general. Okay, so there's more. I want to get to it because there's so much in here. Uh, now, antiques, firearms, display licenses. So if you have an antique firearm before, prior, you don't have to do anything. Now they want to know all about that. They want to know where you're going to store it. They want to know everything about your antique firearm. Military-style weapons, license. The attorney general shall issue to an individual license to own or possess a military-style weapon if the individual is the holder of a license issued under subparagraph A, and after applying for a license under this subparagraph, successfully completes a training course certified by the attorney general in the safety and storage of the weapon. Again, 24 hours training. So if you want your antique firearm license, you've got to go through some hoops. And if you want a military-style weapon, again, hoops, the question is, who designates what's military style and what's not military style? That is the question. All right, now let's talk about that psychological evaluation because it's all in there, lots and lots of detail. All right, so a psychological evaluation is conducted in accordance with this paragraph if, if, the evaluation is conducted in compliance with such standards and shall be established by the attorney general. The evaluation is conducted by a licensed psychologist approved by the attorney general. You don't have any say in this. They're going to send you to a licensed psychologist if you want to buy a gun. Can you believe that? 
This is the United States of America. The Democrats want to send you to speak with a licensed psychologist if you want to purchase a gun. But there's more. As deemed necessary by the licensed psychologists involved, the evaluation includes a psychological evaluation of other members of the household in which the individual resides. So you go to this licensed psychologist that's appointed by the government that should send a chill up your spine itself and they may say yo this i believe this person also has family members that may be of issues so we need to speak with them too sorry my my licensed psychologist i guess has a german accent so yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna talk to you dub you crazy and maybe not crazy enough so if they got need more crazy they want to talk to some of your family members so your family your family will be subjected to see, sitting down with a licensed psychologist if you want to own a firearm in your home. Part D of this, as part of the psychological evaluation, the licensed psychologist interviewed any spouse of the individual. Wait for it. Wait for it. You're going to love this part. Again, if you're driving, pay attention to the road. Any former spouse of the individual and at least two other persons who are a member of the family of or an associate of the individual to further determine the state of the mental, emotional, and relational stability of the individual in relation to firearms. Ladies and gentlemen, the government wants to speak with your ex-wife or ex-husband to see if you, you, you should be allowed by the federal government to have a firearm. Outrageous, unconscionable. They're going to put you through psychological evaluations of whether or not you should be deemed viable to own a firearm. And they get to say what is yes and what is no, who is crazy, who is not, who passes, who doesn't. They get to make this decision, not you. So if they don't want you to own a firearm, you will not be owning a firearm. And they don't want you to, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a Republican, already the Democrats are painting you as extremists, domestic terrorists. Do you think they're going to let you, conservative, Mr. and Mrs. Conservative, to think that the government, this government's going to let you have a firearm? Oh, no. Oh, no. You will not be uh, deemed viable to have a firearm. Your psychological evaluation will have a stamp denied this is the new america uh denial of license required the attorney general shall deny such a license to an individual if the individual is prohibited by federal law the individual has been hospitalized here it is if this is this is great you're gonna love again if you're driving pay attention to the road the you will be denied a license if the individual has been hospitalized with a mental illness disturbance or diagnosis including depression homicidal ideation uh, suicidal ideation attempted suicide or addiction to a controlled substance within the meaning of a controlled substance act or alcohol or a brain disease including dementia or Alzheimer's so right now we know Joe Biden shouldn't be able to pass this test and get a firearm but he would probably be on the approved list because he's a Democrat Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to talk to your ex-wife, your ex-husband. Their ex-husband, ex-wife is going to be bitter. Maybe that's usually why they're exes, and they're going to go, "Oh no, no, no! He he drank a lot. I wouldn't give. I wouldn't put him in charge of a lawnmower." Guess what? Denied. You're not going to get a firearm because the government says so. The government and the government doesn't have to explain it to you, by the way. Uh, all it's telling you is why you're you're denied because of this. No, no, can I? But that's not true. So it doesn't matter. You know, it's like dealing with social media tech right now. You get suspended. They don't care. You can't. You can't do anything. They don't even tell you why. This is what the government's going to do. Authorize the attorney general may deny such a license to an individual. If the psychological evaluation referred to in paragraph two indicates that the individual has a chronic mental illness or disturbance or a brain disease referred to in a subparagraph, a blah, 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 blah. In addition to a controlled substance within the meaning of controlled substance, alcohol, or an attempt to suicide. So there you go. All kind of reasons for them to say no. Suspension of license. In general, license issued under this subsection to an individual who is under indictment for a crime punishable by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year is hereby suspended. You just got to be indicted now. You not even, you know, found <laughs> guilty. If you are indicted for a crime punishable potentially by imprisonment uh, exceeding one year, boom, 
you just lost your firearm. And it goes on and on and on. So this, oh, by the way, the fee to apply for a firearm is $800. Here it is in general. The Attorney General shall, and there's more, I'm going to, just for the sake of time, I can't go through everything on this. But in general, the Attorney General shall issue to any person who has applied for a license pursuant to subsection C and has paid to the Attorney General the fees specified in paragraph two of this subsection of policy, blah, 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 800 bucks, 800 bucks per application uh and as i understand it you're going to have to apply every year for the first three years and then or every year for the first five years and then every three years thereafter eight hundred dollars each time uh here they go on to define military style weapons uh, military style weapons means any of the firearms or copies or duplicates of firearms in any caliber known as uh let's see norico mitchell and polytechnology uh they, they mentioned brands here action arms are really men's really military industries beretta ar-70 cold ar-15 there it is your ar-15 now is considered a military style weapon when ar-15s have a lower uh um round a smaller around than some rifles do but it's bad looking it's evil it's ugly it's it looks icky and mean so it's now considered a military style weapon and there are so many on here that they offer like a tech 9 a tech dc9 a tech 22 has been now deemed military style look at this one revolving cylinder shotguns such as or similar to the street sweeper and striker 12 and it goes on and on a semi semi-automatic rifle that has no ability that ha i'm sorry a semi-automatic rifle that has an ability to accept a detached magazine and has at least two of a folding of telestocking stock, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon. I love that. They actually wrote this, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath an action of the weapon. Conspicuously. Who defines the words? Well, the government does. <laughs> a bayonet mount. Can't have that anymore. Oh, a grenade launcher. Man, there goes my grenade launcher. You can A uh, semiotic pistol that has an ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of an ammunition magazine that attaches to the pistol outside of the pistol. So there you go. And, there, it, and again, um, I'm going to stop here. There's just, it goes on and on. Now, the penalties, anywhere from uh, $75,000 to $150,000. So whoever knowingly violates Section 922AA shall be fined no less than $75,000 and no more than $150,000 in prison, not less than 15 years and not more than 25 years. So if you fail to comply to all of this, you will be fined anywhere, depending on what the violation is from... Uh, uh, let's see, $5,000 to $200,000, I see is one here, or $150,000, it looks like is the max that I see. But there's all kind of fines. Whoever knowingly violates this, whoever knowingly violates that, all kind of fines. So if you're deemed to violate these, boom, the government's just going to fine you. And guess what? The government, well, they'll just seize your money. They'll just seize your assets. You won't have any say in this also prohibit uh, pro, uh prohibitation and pos on possession of certain ammunitions like a 50 caliber or greater is prohibited so they've now prohibited you from having certain calibers of bullets magazines all kind of stuff so everybody's going to be down to a nine millimeter that's it i mean you're not even gonna be able to have a snub nose 38 it's going to be a nine miller maybe we'll all be able to allow to have a 22 rifle maybe that is it and again fine after fine after fine now i just scratched the surface and a lot of little surface there is so much in this bill the question is can the democrats get it through can they get it passed some say no because it's so radical I'm not so sure. I don't trust it. The House will absolutely pass it. The Democrats hold the House. They'll pass it. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that House Resolution 127 will pass. Uh, will the Senate pass it? There may be a couple of Democrats. Maybe the Democrat lady, I forget her name, from Arizona who came out against the uh, um, getting rid of the filibuster. Um, maybe uh, Manchin. Those are the only two. But then you got Murkowski, then you got Collins, you got Romney on the, the Republican side. If you don't think this can't pass, you are living in fantasy land. The Democrats are going for power and they are drunk with power. Remember, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts 
Absolutely. Now let's talk about the Supreme Court. Because E, you're saying, E, they won't pass. Somebody, somebody will uh, fight this. They will. You're absolutely right. Have you noticed nothing has been said about House Resolution 1 since I, I gave you that information several weeks ago about House Resolution 1? And between House Resolution 1, we're now sitting at House Resolution 127. Look at how radical both of these are. House Resolution 1 is basically the federal government taking over states' elections, period, end of story. It's a radical move. It's a power grab from the federal government to run state elections. Why is that important? Because then they will dictate how presidents are elected. And they will dictate how senators, how congresspeople are elected. They will have bigger say. The federal government will have control over the state's elections. It's a bad thing. That's House Resolution 1. Not been put up for a vote yet. Hmm. House Resolution 127 came out the same day as House Resolution 1, January 4th, 2021. Hasn't come up for a vote yet. And the reason is they need to stack the court first. There's already talk of stacking the court. Biden has already put together a commission to, or a committee to uh, come back with some ideas for the Supreme Court, which means they're going to stack the court, period, end of story. So once they stack the court, and then they'll, they'll stack it with four is my, my guess, is they'll, try, they'll put four, because if they put two, that's not enough. They still could lose. So if they'll put four, that means they'll have nine to six, or nine to five, I think it is, right? Uh, let's see, we got a five-four court now, so it'll be eight. Eight to four, uh, five. That'll give them enough in case one of them actually has a conscience and thinks they're going to actually uh, um, decide based on the Constitution of the United States and say no against this. So they can't have they can't risk rogue elements on the Supreme Court, because one thing and I've said this several times, the Democrats are good at is when they put up a candidate for the Supreme Court and they get seated, that person who is a sitting justice always toes the party line for the Democrats always. So they'll put four just in case one of them has a conscience that says, you know, this really is bad against the Constitution. This really is unconstitutional. They can't have that. So they'll put four, they'll stack it with four. So now they'll have an eight, five or uh, eight, five court. Uh, because Thomas will, uh, or Roberts, Roberts will go with the Democrats. And, and he would be the rogue one, by the way. He would be the rogue one that they're worried about. So they'll put a four. So once they do that, once they stack the courts, and that's in process right now, as I talk, Biden's putting together a committee to look into it. Once they stack that, that court will interpret laws as they see fit. So they'll stack the court. Then they'll pass these House resolutions. It'll go through the Senate. It'll get to the president's desk. He'll sign. He signs everything. I mean, he's already signed like a godly amounts of executive orders. He even at one point said, this is Biden said, what am I signing here? He signs it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't even think that the president won't sign it. The president being Joe Biden for these. That's, that's just a non-issue. You might as well think there's a rubber stamp in the White House because there is. That rubber stamp will rubber stamp anything that the House Democrats put through. So what they need is the Senate to rubber stamp it. Goes to the president. He rubber stamps it. Then state attorney generals uh, or others will put a case against them in the Supreme Court. They'll take it to the Supreme Court because this is blatantly unconstitutional, blatantly, but they don't care. So then it'll go to the Supreme Court, the stacked Supreme Court. They'll go through the hearings. It'll seem like it's all blah, 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 on, up and up, but no. They'll come back with their ruling, and it'll favor the Democrats. And House Resolution 127 and House Resolution 1 will become law, and your rights will be eroded. Your rights will be violated. You, we will at that point, in my opinion, have a constitutional crisis because we'll have a Supreme Court that basically is a rubber stamp for the Democrats. This is some scary stuff, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't think so, you're not paying attention. And I'm sorry to bring this news to you if you haven't heard of House Resolution 127 yet, uh, because this is some scary stuff. Now, again, I don't buy the people that are saying they don't think it'll get passed. I think it'll get passed. Um, Maybe I'm a pessimist. I've lost uh, optimism with what's happened recently in this election. And I think a lot of other people have too. 74 plus million of us, around 75 million, uh, are feeling this way. And that's who they're going after. You 75 million people who supported Donald Trump, just because you supported Donald Trump, you won't be deemed worthy uh, um, psychologically to be 
liable or to be um, uh, approved to own your firearm. And by the way, this is the firearm you already have. It's not just ones you buy. This is all firearms. They want to license it. They want to register it. And then they want to deny it based on your mental capacity. Yeah. Scary stuff, isn't it? Scary stuff. I don't know. I don't even know how I go to the next topic after to talking about this. It's so outrageous and it's so just unconstitutional, un-American. It's tyrannical. It is absolute tyranny what they're doing. They're coming for your guns and this is their end game for it. This is their go around to the Constitution of the United States. They will effectively have neutered the Second Amendment. And if the Second Amendment goes away, do you really think your First Amendment is going to be protected? Free speech? Once you remember, there's that old saying, the Second Amendment protects the first. With the Second Amendment gone, how do you protect the First Amendment? Look at what's happening with big tech right now. Hey, I was going to play this clip, but I'm not because I don't really have the time. But Project Veritas was inside Facebook, and you should go listen to it. Uh, it's, it'll be on my Telegram uh, feed from this show, and you will see insiders on Facebook talking about how what they they needed to protect the election. No, they don't. They're just a freaking social media platform that so people can, you know, share pictures of their cat or their vacation. You know, I mean, they're nothing. They are not all powerful. They are meaningless, worthless, absolutely nothing. Tomorrow, people could go a different route and drop social media. It could be a fad that drops all of a sudden or another. Remember Facebook? Facebook was the biggest platform for a while until, uh, not Facebook, I'm sorry, uh, MySpace. MySpace was the biggest platform, and then Facebook overtook them. Facebook could easily, easily, easily tomorrow be the MySpace of the day. They, they are not all powerful. Even Google. I mean, I've dropped Google. I'm searching on DuckDuckGo. There's so many others. They're just a simple search engine. That's all they are. They're manipulating data. And what you hear them talking about, they manipulate data from, uh, they said, we decided to do about four years ago. Really? Four years ago. What happened four years ago? Oh, that's right. Donald Trump happened four years ago. See, this is the Great Awakening. And the Great Awakening is we're seeing now, eyes wide open, what the left and big tech is capable of what they're really about we now see the tyrannical the tyranny that they are we see the uh absolute far left radical as they are we see them for who they are now 74 75 million people have gotten a view inside we see it clearly it's not going to end well for them here if you want hope here's the hope the People are awake, more so than I've ever seen people awake. I mean, there are people that I've known that were, you know, they, they generally voted conservative, but they didn't really get it. They just knew that Democrats raised taxes, conservatives weren't, didn't raise taxes as much. That was like how they voted. That's how they went to the polls. But now they see the tyranny that is the left, and they're starting to wake up and go, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to pay attention to this more because it seems like... My rights are being uh, eroded here, so maybe I should pay attention. 75 million Americans have power. We have a lot of power. Now, I've often talked about the life cycle of democracy, and we are one foot coming out of apathy and one foot firmly planted independence, uh, not independence, dependence, and has any nation ever reversed it? And I've said, no, I'm still yet to find any nation that has reversed it. But I, I have said that if there is one nation that can reverse it, it is America. And let's pray to God that we can reverse this and take our foot out of dependence and put it back into spirituality, put it back into freedom, uh, put it back into empowerment of the people. This is where we are as a nation. We've got to get back to spiritual faith great courage to get to liberty again we need to prevent our country from going into bondage and that's exactly where our country is going and the first thing that tyrannical governments do is they take away your guns that's where we're at all right well let's move on let's let's um get to uh let's lighten this mood up a little bit um jen Psaki. 
if Jinsaki is the, and I'm just going to pay one, play one clip of Jen. She's horrible. She's the press secretary. She's Biden's press secretary. You know, we go from Kaylee McEnany and, and I know I said that wrong, but I call her Kaylee McBadass. She was freaking awesome. Love that woman. She was just awesome at what she did. The way that she was, had a command of the facts. I mean, there was no, let me circle back around to you from her. It was, here's the information. Boom, boom, boom. Mac, this girl, Saki, Jan Saki, is just so in over her head, but this is the Biden administration. She is the face of the Biden administration. Listen to her recently. Uh, and these, there's so many clips on there. If you're on Twitter or any other social media, you've seen these. In fact, you may have seen this one. So here she is. Um, this is from Citizens Free Press. Uh, well, it speaks for itself. Listen to this. Uh, I did ask our team about this. You or someone else may have asked about this the other day. And I think I have something on it here. One moment. <clears throat> Thanks for your patience. Lots to say about COVID, no doubt about it. Um, so, let's see. Let me, let me, let me um, talk to our team about it. Totally clueless. If you want, if you watch the clip, she is shuffling through some papers because she's clueless. She has no idea. I don't even know what the question is. It doesn't matter what the question she asks. She's just absolutely, absolutely clueless. And we see that time and time from her. So she's going to be, it'll be curious how long she lasts. My guess is she's going to last a long time because Democrats don't care. Uh, if you listen to the Democrats or watch them on Twitter, they praise her. They, oh, they give her so much praise being professional and being truthful. She's horrible, people. She's absolutely horrible. I mean, I, she's worse than any press secretary I can remember in my lifetime. Absolutely horrible. So we're going to see a lot from Jan Psaki, and I think the pressure is going to get to her, and we're going to see her crack. You watch. Pretty, she's already lashing out at leftist reporters, too, so this is going to be hilarious because they're even getting frustrated. All right, moving on. The Lincoln Project. Have you heard about the Lincoln Project? And I'm not talking about Lincoln Logs or anything like that. If you know what a Lincoln Log is, you know, something that your cat leaves in. Well, never mind. Anyway, the Lincoln Project is this group of never-Trumpers that got together, uh, started fleecing money from the left uh, to kind of bash Trump. And Kellyanne Conway's husband, George, was part of it. And the Lincoln Log, I'm sorry, Lincoln Project founder, uh, his name, we want to make sure that we give him a call out, John Weaver. He's a longtime Republican strategist and co-founder of the prominent anti-Trump group, the Lincoln Project, uh, has for four years sent unsolicited and sexually provocative messages online to young men often while suggesting he could help them get work in politics. Now, you probably heard this story because it's been pretty well documented. It's out there. But what you may not have heard is, here it is, MSNBC had them on. And now, what the left is doing is the left is saying, oh, he left a long time ago. He left back in the summer. He was a co-founder, one, for one thing. He was a co-founder, but he left back summer. He is a pedo He's a predator. He's a sexual predator of young men. He is, and he was married, is married as children. He is a horrible, horrible human being. But so the left is like, that is so old news. He left back in the summer. This is not issue. MSNBC did not ask Lincoln Project founders about John Weaver uh, for weeks for three weeks, MSNBC, 17 times in three weeks since John Weaver's story broke, had Lincoln Project members on and did not ask about it. This man is a sexual predator, ladies and gentlemen. And MSNBC didn't find it newsworthy to go, hey, now that you're on here bashing Trump and Republicans who supported Trump, can you tell us about your co-founder who was, uh, you know, a predator towards young males, one of them being a 14-year-old boy? Can you give us any insight as to why no one's brought this up and tell us about that? But nope, nope, not MSNBC. That's not worthy for MSNBC. And it turns out, and I don't have this story in front of me, it turns out that another Lincoln Log, I'm sorry, Lincoln Project member, 
Um, well, he also, uh, well, he had a restraining order against, I think, his ex-wife or something like that. So these people are not good people. So don't, don't, the press are absolute garbage in this. Uh, the Lincoln Project is a joke. It's a scam. Let me tell you what they did is they raised millions and millions of dollars, right? And what they did is they advertised anti-Trump. They advertised against Trump. And they did this in leftist cities. And you know who was giving them money? The left. It wasn't the right giving them money. It was the left. And it totally fleeced the left. The people running the Lincoln, Law, Lincoln Project were making millions and they were putting billboards up in New York City. Like it would even matter. And now the left is covering for them because they're anti-Trump. This is modern day America. This is a modern day left. And then look at this idiot. I mean, this is just, I mean, any, and just sometimes, I mean, this is where uh, the hypocrisy of the left, how they, they glom onto anybody who toes the party line as some kind of expert. This is Jimmy Kimmel. And you know, Jimmy Kimmel, the talk show. I, I don't know which one he does. I don't really watch any of these late night shows. So they mean nothing to me, but he, I, guess, I don't know if he's the tonight show. Uh, I don't know if it's a late show. I don't know. All I know is he's a talk, a late night talk, ho, talk show host. And listen to what this moron, absolute moron, uh, how he weighs in on the whole GameStop thing. You know, the GameStop thing where their stock was being, um, driven up by the reddit kids who bankrupted basically uh hedge fund managers i mean listen to this just absolute moron gamestop if you don't know it's a video game store and like a lot of businesses they've been struggling because of covid but also because most people buy games online now and yet despite a sharp decline in sales over the past six months their stock price has grown by 8,000% because a bunch of amateur investors, maybe even some Russian disruptors who are part of a Reddit community called Wall Street Bets, decided to buy a bunch of GameStop stock. And GameStop, if you don't know, it's a... Maybe even some Russian deceptors. That's right. That's right. Jimmy Kimmel wants you to believe it's Russia, Russia, Russia. It's the Russians. The Russians again. Those evil bastards, those Russians. Remember, I've said it before. The left is making Russia the boogeyman. They got to have a boogeyman. Trump's out of office. You know, I, if Trump was still in office, they probably would be blaming Trump on this. In fact, CNN, uh, Chris Saluza, has already blamed Trump. He called it, this is what Trumpism looks like. So now it's Russia, Russia, Russia. Un freaking believable what a complete absolute moron and he says it with a straight, a straight face like he's delivering news hard-hitting news you're a comedian jimmy you had i loved your man show i thought the man show was great it was fun it was politically incorrect and you got a taste of real big money when you went and hosted the tonight show whatever the hell show it was and you totally totally sold out you are worthless. No one should be listening to you or watching you. Know? And it just, you know, I don't know where the ratings are in these shows. I don't really care. But what an absolute. So now they're going to paint it as Russia. The Russians did it. No, what did it was some, Reddit, some, peop, some young people on Reddit, and they're not even young. They're young adults. They're in their 30s. Have figured it out. They are gaming the hedge fund managers. The hedge fund managers are sitting there, they short companies, and then they go and bash the companies and drive them into the ground and destroy these companies. They wanted Game, GameStop is an antiquated retail model, no doubt. It's, a, it's all brick and mortar. But they wanted to crush it. So they overextended on their shorts. They shorted, like I think it's 140%, meaning 40% more. They shorted it more than they could have ever purchased it for. So if something should happen, they were all screwed. So what happened was these Reddit guys, and I'm sure girls, people, uh, started buying the stock and it kept going up and up. So there was a limited amount of stock because they overshorted it. So they're all trying to buy it so they can protect their ass because otherwise they're, they're bankrupt and some are bankrupt. So they were the ones driving the stock up because they were trying to buy it back because they shorted it and they're going, oh, crap. We shorted this and it's buying like it's going up like crazy. If it keeps going up, we're going to really lose a lot of money. We got to buy, buy, buy. So they bought, 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 but there wasn't enough to buy because they overshorted it. So no, Jimmy, it wasn't Russian deceptors. It was a few people that said, hey, are you noticing this? 
I think there's a way we can make money on this and we can reverse this because these short sellers, these hedge fund managers are killing companies and let's go to it and let's turn this around. This has happened now. I think it's like a dozen companies, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, Blockbuster even. I mentioned this on the show before and there are several other companies that are either penny stocks or low stocks that were overshorted and these guys figured it out. They figured out the formula. It wasn't Russian disruptors. It was Americans online figuring out what these head fund managers are doing because they think they're all hoity-toity smart and they know everything. And uh, along comes your average Joe, figures out the game, plays it, and wins. And now the media, the left, Wall Street, they got to demonize these people. It's all about the boogeyman. Got to demonize them. Biden, let's talk about Biden real quick, and then we're going to move on to the last piece, which uh, is, I'm going to explain your white guild. That's right. I'm going to explain it, so don't go away. Uh, real quick on the Biden, because you've been watching this. You know, Biden has been signing executive orders like crazy. He signed, I think now going on 42 executive orders, probably more by the time I record this, so it hits. Uh, this is from the Federalist. Critics who called Trump authoritarian are silent on Biden's executive order spree. Just more than one week into Joe Biden's administration, the new president issued approximately 40 executive orders. He's issued more than that. Significantly more than any of his predecessors discharged in their first weeks. Many of these orders removed former President Donald Trump's directives, including immediately ending the Keystone XL pipeline and like 70,000 jobs, mandating that any federally funded schools must function as if biological males who claim to be females are the same and vice versa or risk losing financial support. And see, that's that whole shakedown from the federal government. Hey, you do what we tell you or you're not going to get these federal dollars. Do you want these federal dollars? Yeah, we need these federal dollars to buy books and stuff. Okay, we'll give them to you. Here they are. Oh, great. Thanks. Well, wait, there's a caveat. What? A caveat? What's that? You gotta let biological males who claim they're females go in the bathroom with the girls. What? Parents would be outraged. Oh, I get it. Well, here, let me take that big, big stack of cash back. No, 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 no. We need that cash. Um, okay, okay, we'll do it. That's how the government shakes down states than local jurisdictions. It's a shakedown, and there's more. It rescinds the Mexico City policy, forcing U.S. taxpayers to fund abortions in foreign countries, and there's so much more. It's tyrannical. Ah, uh, tyranny is a big word we're using a lot now because of the left. Now, this something that Biden is doing is absolutely unconscionable. Uh, Trump's Afghan. This is from the Washington Times. Trump's Afghanistan withdrawal in doubt under Biden. The Biden administration is sounding a strikingly skeptical tone on the prospects for a durable Afghan Taliban power sharing deal, putting into doubt a major diplomatic achievement of the Trump administration. The U.S. is receiving warnings from Kabul that peace talks with the militants are going nowhere. So Biden is also stepping in and it's not Biden. I mentioned this before. It's not Biden. It's his committee of far left radicals that uh, are around him. It's not him. Biden's an empty suit. Biden doesn't even know what he's signing. He doesn't know what's going on. They go, Mr. President, sign this. What am I signing here? Just sign it. Okay. And he does it. He does it without question. They're going to dismantle the peace deals that Trump put together in the Middle East. We, we're already escalating troop numbers in the Middle East. We'll be back in war. We'll be back to war in the Middle East in no time. And the military-industrial complex will be extremely happy because all that money will start pouring into them. So if you don't think Biden is dangerous, well, this is it. His Middle East peace policy already is threatening the breakdown of one of um, Trump's peace deals. That's just a sign. That's just a precursor of what's going to happen. There's going to be so much more that's going to happen, so much more. And we're just going to have to sit back and watch it, and it's going to be absolutely horrible. I mean, this is, this is what is most feared with this administration. Uh, you can say, no, no, everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. No, ladies and gentlemen, this is egregious and this is what we should have all feared all right one last story i have um, a, a video i'll share if you're listening to this you'll share the audio as to why you have white guilt 
So this is, and I wish I, I wish I can give uh, credit. I got this from uh, uh, at a Twitter account at Legendary Energy, and he got it from. It looks like a TikTok user, and I don't have her information, but she spot on nails this, nails it. This she she explains your white guilt for you. She, this is so nice of her, but she's so right. Uh, and by the way, you, you, if you're listening to this, uh, you don't have white guilt. You get it. You're smart. You, you know, you see through the veil of leftism. But if you want to know why so many people have this white guilt, if you want to know how it's happened to so many people, listen to what this young lady found out. And then she's going to give an analysis at the end of it. Let's take a look at the nonfiction section in Target. First, we have me and white supremacy. Next up, how to fight racism. Then we have how to be an anti-racist. Following that, we have white fragility. Why it's so hard for white people to talk about race. Then we have, so you want to talk about race? And I could go on, but we'll end with black dignity in a world made for whiteness. And just before we go, let's take a look at the children's section with hits like All Because You Matter and Anti-Racist Baby. So let me make this clear. You are being brainwashed and manipulated. I don't care who you are. People of color, you are being brainwashed into thinking that you are a victim and that you are hated and then manipulated into using your voice, your vote, and your time to support people who do not share your interests and frankly do not care about you. And white people, you are being brainwashed into feeling guilt that you should not feel, manipulated into closing your mouths and blamed for an issue that has been exaggerated beyond belief. It is due time that we all wake up. Amen, sister. I mean, you just, you couldn't have said it any better. I mean, look at, she goes to, she goes to, to Target. Those, all those books are at Target. People, do you see what's happening? They are manipulating you. She is so correct. Been saying this for a while. The left, the media, big business, they are all manipulating people into thinking, one, the whites are the enemy, and two, you should be guilty for being white. It's crazy. It's crazy. They're going after Trump supporters. They're vilifying Trump supporters, making Trump supporters out to be domestic terrorists. Yeah, man, if you're white, you're in a domestic terrorist. I tell you what, you're lowest of the low in this country. This is some scary stuff, ladies and gentlemen. These are scary times. We all need to be aware and awake to what is going on in our country. We need to be vocal about it. Now, when I say vocal about it, if you have a conservative a conservative uh, congressman or senator that represents you, you need to be contacting them. Send them an email. Be very, very nice in the email and say, I'm really concerned about this. They need to know what's going on. And they need to know that they don't have your vote if they don't address this, if they don't fight for this. We are representative democracy still. May not be for much longer based on the way things are going, but we still are representative democracy and our representatives are supposed to do our will. Josh Hawley is getting vilified for fighting against the electors uh, in this last election. And he has said what is absolutely correct, that this is what my, consti my constituents are, are asking for this. This is what they want. And this is why I did it. And he's absolutely right. He is an elective representative. And if you are of the left, you are not doing the people's bidding. And if you this is if you're one of those people on the left that want this, shame on you. It's just absolutely unconscionable. It's un-American, and we need to do something about it before our foot comes out of dependence and into bondage. Right now, every one of us should be working towards and fighting towards getting back into liberty back to freedom in this country because our freedoms are going away, ladies and gentlemen. House Resolution 127, I opened the show with it. Scary stuff. Scary stuff indeed. So wake up, stay aware, and watch your six. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. We appreciate you so much. Have a great, great day.